Hi, podcast listeners. We're excited to share our show with you. This is us discussing the effects of coronavirus on our personal lives and is not meant to replace a therapy session. For professional advice, or if you're in crisis, seek professional help. Hi, Stace. Hi, Layla. Um, what what are we doing? <laughs> a little unsure right now. We're in a brave new world with coronavirus, and let's figure it out together. I'm Layla, co-founder of Bridger Media. I'm concerned about the effect of COVID-19 on our mental health. I'm Stacy. As a therapist, I've seen the effects of the current crisis. So we created a show to dissect and navigate this critical time together. Let's stay calm with COVID. You are at the forefront of how people are feeling right now about this, having seen clients last week. Did it did it come up at all? Many people are handling it fairly well or better than I expected. Maybe even better than better than me. Especially for people who maybe have social anxiety. It's nice to not have to worry about interacting or being in crowds and being with others. And I have a a couple who they now have more time together since they've been they're newlyweds and they've since they've been married they've just been so busy and their schedules their work schedules are actually opposite and so they are really loving having this time together to to spend and just relax and bond and so that's that's been nice it's been the same in our family neighbor observed as you know he's in healthcare and so he went from having a very flex schedule to now being so busy. It went from having him around pretty often to not being able to get a hold of him on an entire workday because he's just running from one urgent care site to another doctor's site. He observed that there's a lot more peace in our home. When he comes home, everyone is a lot more relaxed. I thought about it, of course, when... I'm running around all afternoon and then thinking of dinner and thinking of homework and thinking of all these things. I'm not surprised that it makes me edgy and that, you know, the kids also from a long, tired day are probably edgy. So that's been interesting. How about for you guys? You've spent extra time together. Yes, my husband is still working as well. He's in what's considered an essential business. We we are not all at home together. Many people find themselves having so much more in common with people. I was talking to a friend whose mother passed recently and of course, you know, it was really, really tough for her. And then the pandemic hit and she felt that it was a bit easier to grieve because she knew at some level everybody else is grieving as well you know, don't want to put words in her mouth and you might know more about this, but I think when you're grieving and everybody around you is happy, it might be hard to be in that place. And so, yeah, I think we're all kind of in a grieving place, a grieving for what life once was, if we really absolutely loved our life, (laughs) a grieving for 
a change that's inevitable, a grieving for our bank accounts, for the loss of social interaction. And you know, and you're in LA today and it will for the next four days and it did as well yesterday. It's been raining like crazy, like hardcore rain. And so in a way, it again, it was very rainy when this all started. I think there's something in that, you know, we're all grieving together and, and nature is grieving as well. That can be really powerful. Mm. It seems that Mother Earth is mirroring our collective grief and sadness and where, where we are. I think it's important to talk about grief. In our American culture, we do not know how to grieve properly. Not that there's a, a right prescribed way, but that we don't address it. We don't make space for it. We don't have rituals for it like many other cultures do. What is the proper way to grieve? Some cultures have 40 days of wearing black. Um, some cultures have a week of shiva. What is, what is the proper way to grieve publicly anyway? We are all different. And so whatever feels good or right to you is, is okay. We all have different needs. But I, th I think making space that it's okay to be sad, it's okay to to be upset, to feel sad beyond. There is no timeline on grief, and it is really whatever you need. We also never he get over it. I've heard people say that they felt like after the year mark of losing their loved one, that they felt that people expected them to be over it and to move on with their lives. And they said there is no getting over the loss of a loved one. You you move forward with it. And I think that we are likely similar in our in this situation. However, COVID has affected you. It will take time and it's okay to to take space to to grieve and be sad. You don't have to get over it, but it's finding how to move forward with that grief, with the losses that that have impacted you. How does grief rear its head? in life if it's not given space and it's not acknowledged? How can people ensure that they are giving the space and, and acknowledging the grief they may be feeling, whether it's coronavirus or a loss of a loved one or some other form of grief? Being in tune with your needs in general will help you know, to know if you are giving enough space for it or if you're pushing, pushing it down. It's hard to feel uncomfortable feelings. We don't generally embrace that process. And so I think it's human nature to want to avoid, whether it's pushing those feelings away or distracting ourselves, being more comfortable sitting with our pain, however that might look for you. I was thinking this weekend about the lack of silence in my life and, and you know, right now for sure, but also um, in general, I don't make space for it. And I looked into transcendental meditation, which I have been wanting to know more about for a very long time. And 
You and I have both tried different forms of meditation over the years. I don't know what makes this different. People call it TM. I don't know what makes TM different. I've just watched a couple of documentaries about it, but it seems to me like other forms of meditation, just sitting with the feelings and sitting with your thoughts and not judging them is going to be part of it. And I, I know that you have, you've talked to me, talked to your clients about non-judgment when it comes to these things. Is that sort of part of it, part of the grief process? Absolutely. If we can notice and be aware and allow, make space for whatever it is that's coming up without being judgmental to ourselves or um, sometimes we feel, well, I shouldn't feel this way or it's not nice to be jealous, allowing ourselves to feel whatever comes up and just an accepting and noticing way. It is a balance between allowing ourselves to feel it without judgment but recognizing that our feelings also do not define us, that they do not, because we feel this way in this moment right now, doesn't mean that we will feel that way forever or that we will feel that way in five minutes even, but making space that, okay, this is what's coming up for me now, noticing it without judgment, and then figuring out what is this trying to teach me? What do I need to do? Sometimes it might be just sitting with it and riding that wave out. Grief in particular does come in waves there might be moments and, and days that are really hard and painful, and the next moment might be fine. I think feelings overall come in, come in waves as well, but grief, we know there can be moments that are intense, and getting through those intense moments, there might be waves that, that are bigger, getting through those intense moments however we, we can or however we need will have a, some calm, some peace until the next one may come. Yeah. That's interesting I, that you say like until the next one, because as humans, it's inevitable that it's going to come. I'm thinking about anger. You know, this article I read today about how the WHO is now saying that the levels of domestic violence that have been reported around the world are through the roof. And so anger, how do you sit with those feelings and not react to the world when it feels like such a such an overpowering feeling anger is often a surface emotion and there are other things that are underlying that are causing the anger and so digging a bit deeper and finding out what what is that whether it be through therapy or your own self-reflection Anger is a surface emotion. That means that it's a reflection. As a layperson, I'm trying to understand. Anger is a reflection of something else that's not right inside. And I do have to say, when I feel anger, I've ha I have had moments where I ask, why am I so angry? Why is this such a trigger? Now, how about grief? Grief is not a surface emotion, is it? What is that sense of loss? And then... If it's not a surface emotion, then what is it? What happens if you don't deal with it? Grief is us mourning the loss of what we had or what we thought we would have and figuring out how to move, move forward with that loss, with the disappointment, with the pain, whether it, it be a loved, a loved one or there's, there's also smaller griefs that we experience in life as well 
the, the loss of a relationship, whether it be a marriage ending in, in divorce, whether it be the loss of a friendship, the loss of a job, even losing, there's a, many people who are, are missing out on their graduations right now. I so feel anybody who's been impacted by not getting, being robbed of that experience of walking your high school or college graduation, those are important too. Those are small, maybe smaller compared to losing a loved one, but that's still a, a huge disappointment, something that you've been working for, looking forward to and working towards for a long time. And so it's important to mourn those, those losses as well. People have been reacting to this in various ways. And someone texted me and said that he no longer has um, FOMO. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Those who may not be able to really mourn because they're not able to gather, especially for a funeral, what do you recommend? Not being able to attend the funeral of, of a loved one has got to be de devastating. Funerals are one of the few things that I think our American society does have a ritual to reflect and, and to be able to share the grief with others and also know how to compartmentalize. And that is such an unfortunate and devastating circumstance. It might fall under what's considered ambiguous loss. Pauline Boss is a, a researcher who's done a lot of great research on the effects of, of ambiguous loss, which is a loss that occurs without closure or clear understanding. It leaves you still searching for answers. It can complicate the grieving process and can result in unresolved grief. Perhaps doing some reading or research and learning more about ambiguous loss could be helpful. Pauline Boss did an interview with Krista Tippett on her podcast that may be helpful or comforting entitled Navigating Loss Without Closure, originally aired in June of 2016. I think there's ambiguity right now and not knowing when it's going to be over. And so we have sort of this prolonged or zigzagging or up and down type of grief but when all of this is over, we're going to need that closure too. I think collectively we will need to figure out how to move forward from the losses that we have collectively incurred and experienced. And we'll feel a connection too with the entire world for having gone through something together like this. I hope that there is more kindness and understanding. I think it has been something that has united us in, in ways that we couldn't have otherwise. This show is evolving. If you have ideas for what you'd like to hear, let us know. Email me, Layla at BridgerMedia.com. That's L-E-I-L-A at B-R-I-D-G-R media.com. See you next time on Calm with COVID.